Why don't you give a big hand? This is my favourite teacher. This is uh, Carly Teredes. Oh, thank you. My goodness. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I'm so pleased to be with you all today. We had a, we had a, a fun first service, and um, I think some people are actually still here, so I guess it must have been okay, right? I mean, you know, you just, you just didn't get enough the first time around, so you stayed on for dessert, right? Well, we are going <laughs> to jump right in. This is um, in Mark chapter 10, if you have your Bible with you. Uh, turn there for me. We're going to start looking at the story of um, blind Bartimaeus, and we're going to jump right in to um, verse 46. It says, Now they came to Jericho, and they went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then many warned him to be quiet, trying to shut him up. But he cried out all the more. He was persistent, right? He cried out all the more. And, uh, and Jesus still um, stood and commanded um, him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing his garment aside, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Right? Pretty normal question. The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Man, there are so many things that we could pull out of this passage of Scripture. It has so many different things in there that we can learn from today. But, you know, as, as, as I was preparing for this morning, the Lord showed me that there are people here that have just been dealing with stuff for a long time. I'm talking about situations that aren't nice. You know, they've been living in that place of maybe crisis or not enough or poverty or sickness for just longer than, 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 than we need to be, right? If you're one of them people, right, give me a little wave, okay? You find yourself that you're just stuck somewhere. You just feel like you've been believing God. You love Jesus, amen? But I tell you, there is nothing more frustrating than when we know that God is good, that God is love, that he lives on the inside of us, that we have a book full of promises, that we have the Holy Spirit, that we have the gifts of the Spirit, amen? You know, that the, the, the Holy Spirit leads us unto all truth, and he's blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, and then we look around, and it, it doesn't look like that in our life, right? I mean, am I the only one that's ever been frustrated? Come on, church, be honest here, right? Okay, it, it really is. And, you know, in the scriptures it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And here's the thing. If we stay in that place of frustration, eventually frustration will turn to despair or anger. And eventually those things will turn into unbelief. And it's like a vicious circle where in the end we find it just difficult to receive. And then we're wondering, Jesus, are you even listening? Are you even there? Because it's not making any difference in my life. We don't want to be there. Maybe, we, maybe we've been there for a while. Maybe we're there right now, okay? God has got good things for you. He is a good God. He does love you. Amen. He is madly, wildly in love with you. He's crazy about you, Amen. right? But what we do sometimes, this is just the, it's actually very English. In England, we naturally gravitate towards the negative. Do you do that sometimes in America too? I generally find American people are more positive than English people, right? It just rains all the time in England. It's very gloomy. I don't know, people just get depressed. You have the thing in the sky here called the sun, 
makes you happy, right? We should get one of those. It will be great, okay? But, you know, it's very easy to find ourselves in that place of frustration when we're dealing with the day-to-day. When we're dealing with maybe, you know, if you've been chronically sick for a long time and you deal with pain every day in your body, every day your body is speaking to you. Every day that, that, that thing, that, that knee, that whatever it is, is hurting you. You know, if you, if you come from a place of poverty or lack or not enough or you're dealing with some financial burdens, you know, and, and every day you're counting your pennies. Every day you're thinking, I don't know if we're going to make it. Man, you, that, that does something to your soul where it gets you looking on everything that is wrong with the world. That's just a natural consequence of life, isn't it? Right? And Bartimaeus, like anyone here today, would have known how that felt. He was a blind beggar, right? I mean, he, he was probably pretty well known. I mean, he's actually called Blind Bartimaeus, right? He's notorious. He's not just Bartimaeus. He's Blind Bartimaeus, okay? He had the badge for, you know, like being down and out, okay? He, he, not only did he have a, a physical ailment, he was a beggar, okay? So, so daily he, he went and he sat um, in, by, by the roadway there on the way out of Jericho, and um, he had his beggar clothes on and he sat there and he begged. There really wasn't much else that you could do. There wasn't a welfare system in those days, okay? So he didn't really have much choice. He knew what it was like to live in abject poverty with a physical condition. Amen? Many of us can relate to this. But let's look at what happened to him because I think we can learn a lot from him. You know, one thing it says, if you go back again to verse 46, they came to Jericho and he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And here's the thing. Whenever Jesus wandered around in his ministry, you can see this many times, a multitude soon gathered, right? Why do you think that was? This is not a trick question. Because he healed people, right? Signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word, right? And now they didn't have social media. They, they didn't tweet, right? They weren't Twitters, okay? Um, they didn't have Facebook. They couldn't phone a friend, right? They, you know, they didn't have Craigslist. They couldn't put an advert somewhere. You know, they just had word of mouth. And so what happened when Jesus was wandering around, you know, word got out. There he is wandering around. There's a crowd. They get some, you only need one person healed and the meeting's on, Right? I was in a meeting one time in Russia. We had a healing conference. And, um, you know, this is, it's interesting ministering in foreign countries. You really do have to rely on the Holy Spirit, especially when you don't have a translator. That's where praying in tongues becomes very helpful. So I'm praying for this lady. And, you know, we'd been there with pastors and leaders. They traveled for... for Russia's a huge place, I have to say. Anyone ever been to Russia? It's massive. I mean, people traveled like seven days across the same country to get to the meeting on a train, 24-7. That's massive. You know, in England, you can, you can travel four hours and you end up the other side and in the sea. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's only a little bitty place. But that we, they came to this meeting. They were all pastors and leaders. And after two days we started, of teaching, we started ministering to people. And um, I'm thinking, man, we've got, you know, we just don't have enough people to, to pray for these people. We don't have enough interpreters by half. This is, you know, when you, well, after a couple of days, there's probably, I don't know, 100 people there. Um, we, we asked, you know, who would like ministry? Who needs to receive healing? The whole crowd put their hand up. I'm like, oh, Jesus, we're going to need you to help us with this. This is going to take all day, right? And so, uh, you know, the Lord's like, don't worry, I got this. I've done this before. <laughs> he smiled like that. I've done, I've done this before. This is my kind of thing, you know. And uh, I have a healing ministry. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. And, uh, and so 
<laughs> he says, call this, call this first lady up. I'm like, which one? Which one? Where is she? Call this first lady up. So she comes up, and she was deaf in both her ears, and she was crippled through her body. And Jesus is like, watch what I'm going to do. And we prayed for this lady. And you could tell Russians are naturally a little bit more reserved than Americans, I think it's fair to say, okay? A little bit more stoic. And they want to check you out like you're the foreigner, right? I'm going to check you out. I don't know if I want you to touch me, you know. Um, they're naturally a bit more cautious until you get to know them. And so this lady came up, and she was, the power of God hit this lady, and she, she was miraculously healed. She started getting happy and dancing around. What do you think that did to all the other people in the room? Meetings on at that point. They're lining up. They're starting getting healed all over the place like popcorn. We prayed for them for, for a few hours, but I'm telling you, everyone in that room left healed. The power, the presence of God was there. This is what happened when Jesus wandered around. He just casually wandering around. Miracles started happening, okay? And so what that does, that starts to get the town excited. The town starts getting excited. So here's Bartimaeus, and he's heard something's going on. You know, it's interesting. When people lose one of their five senses, their other senses become sharper, right? So his hearing would have been really good. He's been doing a lot of listening. And so he's thinking... This is Jesus. He's, he's, he's coming out. I need to meet. I need to meet this Jesus. I need to find a way to bump into him because he's got something that I need. Amen? Amen? So he plants himself, and this might be his regular begging spot, but on the road that's coming out of Jericho. Usually, the, you know, these, these cities often only had one road that went in and out. So, you know, you're going to catch all the passing traffic, right? If there's going to be a traffic jam, it's with camels or whatever, it's going to be right there on the road. So there he is. He's got himself, he's set up camp. He's sitting there by the road waiting for Jesus. He's in the right place at the right time. Let me tell you, church, you're in the right place at the right time. Amen? Because wherever you're at, Jesus is at. Amen? If you didn't bring Jesus this morning, I did. Okay, so we're covered. We're good. He's in the house. God's in the house. Amen? Hallelujah? Right? So there he is. He's sitting by the road. And Bartimaeus, he's ready. He's expecting to meet Jesus. And he is listening with his ears. He is listening for the sound of his voice. Maybe he had an English accent. Who knows, right? I don't know. He must have sounded a little bit different. He's out there listening, okay? Who knows, right? And it says, it says here, he heard Jesus in verse 47. And he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. He was persistent to the point that other people around him were like, just be quiet, just be quiet, embarrassing me. Right? Right? But here's the thing. Sometimes when we're trying to receive something from the Lord, and let me, let me just qualify this a little bit, the Lord is not holding back on us. Amen. Amen? He's not up in his throne room in heaven suddenly deciding, well, you can have this and you can have this and you can have... Oh, no, maybe not. Well, you're going to have it here and you can have this. Right? He's not deciding who receives. We're deciding what we receive. Okay? His answer is always yes and amen. amen. Right? He's always in a good mood. He's not tired. It's not like he's been healing way too many people today and he hasn't got any left for you, okay? He's always in a good mood. But here's the thing. Sometimes we're not always, our hearts are not always prepared to receive from him. Maybe, you know, we've come for prayer a thousand times and nothing's happened. So when we go for prayer again, what is our heart doing? It's not really expecting anything, right? Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. Does that make sense? Have you, I mean, are you getting something from this? Have you been there? 
I don't know about you, but if I've had a negative experience, if I go to pet my dog and my dog bites me, next time I'm going to go to pet the dog, I'm going to be a little bit more reserved, right? If we've come to the Lord and we've tried to believe for something and it hasn't happened and we've been disappointed, our, expect, our expectancy isn't going to be on all the way, right? Because there's a little piece of our heart that wants to protect ourselves and hold back because we don't, you know... And people have even said this to us. When we were... Um, when our daughter Hannah, she mentioned her testimony, when our daughter Hannah was three years old, she was basically sent home from the hospital to die. The doctors couldn't fix her. And, and you know, we, a couple of weeks um, before that, we heard a message. We've been Christians for years. We heard a message that God's not mad at us, that God loves us. That he, in fact, he likes us as well, right? He's not just tolerating us. Right? In fact, he's so crazy about us, he sent his son to die for us, and he put his power on the inside of us, and that means we are more than conquerors in every area. We started to get happy. You know what happens when you start to get, you get happy? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You begin to get strong. And we didn't realize this, Galatians 5, 6, this is not in my notes, I'm sorry, no <laughs> scripture person. Galatians 5, 6 says that faith works by what? Love. When we had a revelation of how much God loved us, suddenly our faith became effective. Isn't that funny? When we start to drill into the love of God and how much he, he, He's overwhelmingly in love with us, man, our other problems in life seem to pale into all comparison. Man, our faith became alive on the inside of us, completely by accident. I mean, we didn't even really try, right? You know, we weren't super-duper Christians. We were just Joe Blow Christians. We were just like everybody else, yeah. just trying to make it, right? But we got a revelation of the love of God that changed everything about us. Our lo- the love of God became alive on the inside of us. Our faith started to rise. You know, in, um, in Philemon's verse 6, it says that your faith becomes effective by the acknowledgement, the recognition Amen. of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. Think about this, right? You have the faith of Jesus, the faith of the Son of God, the measure of faith, enough faith to move a mountain. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're full of it. Faith that is, okay? You're full of faith, right? Because you have Jesus living on the inside of you. But who has effective faith? Or should I say, who wants effective faith? Who wants their faith to work? Come on now, some of you aren't sure. Who wants their faith to work? Right? When you speak the word, stuff happens. Right? Now that might have been, not have been your um, experience before you walked in here today, but you know what? You're not going to leave here the same way you came in here today. Uh, how do I know that? Because I know what the word says. Amen. I know what the word says. I know what's in you. And as we start to acknowledge every good thing that's going right with our life, Rather than looking at everything that's going wrong with our life, our faith starts to rise. Our faith suddenly becomes effective. Our faith has legs, right? It starts to work in the things that we release it into. Amen? So, amen. Someone's happy, all right? Hallelujah. So, you know what? Even if we're one of these people that have, have, have prayed for stuff and spoken to stuff and seen absolutely zip happen that has absolutely zero bearing on what happens when you leave here today. So I want you to do something for me. I want you to forget everything that happened before you came in here today. 
Can we just start again? Can we just start again in our faith? Amen? That problem that you've been believing for forever and haven't gotten anywhere with it. Forget about it for a minute. Okay? Forget about it for a minute. Let's focus on what Jesus has already done. Because, you know, we can find ourselves in this faith merry-go-round that is flipping boring. Right? You know when you do everything and you start to relate to God like he's some sort of slot machine. You know what I mean? Where your relationship with God boils down to what you can get from him. Come on now. Right? I know because I've been there. If my relationship with Ashley was boiled down to, hey, honey, I just need a little help. Hey, honey, can you get the checkbook out? Hey, honey, can you, can you put gas in the car? Actually, that's, that's a bit close to home. He always puts gas in my car. I'm such a princess. I just don't put gas in the car ever. Okay? All right? It's true, look. All right? But if our relationship with the Lord just boiled down to we're only going to go and spend time with him because we need something, because we have cancer, because we have a death sentence by the doctor, because we have a deficit, that's a pretty sorry kind of relationship. Isn't it? You know? Here's the thing. God is crazy about us like a marriage kind of relationship. He's, he's jealous for your time and attention. He's jealous for you. His love for you is so wild. It's so extravagant. Amen? He wants your full attention. But what we have to do is train our brain to stop looking at the crud that's happening in our life and get back to looking at him. Right? Because who in here is it? He's looking for healing. Who in here is looking for healing? Come on. Right? But you, you can't put your, Come on. Be, be sure about it. Do you need healing or not? Right? Okay, awesome. Okay, well, you've come to the right place. Praise God. Here's the thing. You know what? We don't need to spend our life looking for healing. We just need to know the healer. Because healing is a byproduct of our relationship with a healer. Amen? We get it for free. Isn't that a good deal? We get it completely free. We don't have to do anything. Just know him. Just hang out with Jesus. And we'll, we'll, we'll see it. It's like picking ripe fruit. Receiving healing is not difficult. It's our brain that's got stuck. That's all. How many of you got Jesus living in your heart today? Come on. This is like interactive. Ready? If you've got Jesus living in your heart, put your hand up. If you haven't, we'll fix you later. Okay? Awesome. All right. So when you receive Jesus into your heart, the kingdom of heaven came to live on the inside of you. Did he not? He came to live on the inside of you. Right? So look down. That's where God is. Right? He's right in here. He's in, your, he's, he's, in your, he's in your spirit. What we have to do is we have to get the power that's in your spirit just a, just a little short distance into your flesh where you need it the most, right? You know what? Your flesh isn't saved. You know that? Your flesh is a heathen, okay? <laughs> right? Your flesh isn't redeemed yet. And in between those things, you've got the soul. This is your thinking. And people think that healing starts in the flesh. Nothing starts in the flesh. That's the end result. That's the, that's, the, that's the terminal, if you like, okay? We've got to get on the train at the beginning. We've got to get on the train when it's in the spirit, and we get on the train, we ride it, the, 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 the train all the way through our flesh, our stinking thinking, until it reaches the, the terminal that's in our flesh, okay? So in our, we have our mind, will, and emotions. That's our, that's our soul. That's when the scripture talks about our soul. And here's where our, here's where our problem usually lands. We know that we have Jesus on the inside of us. Amen? More than enough power to raise the dead, heal the sick, or cast out any demon in hell. Did you know when you wake up in the morning, the devil's like, oh no, they're awake. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and tell him you're deadly. Right? You're dangerous to the kingdom of hell. You're dangerous to those demons. Amen? 
You just need to realize what you've got on the inside of you so that your faith becomes effective because here's the difference between seeing your words become effective and seeing your situations change or not. It's knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing the depth of God's love and the power that he's deposited in you. When we get into agreement with that, I tell you, the no devil's got, he hasn't got a chance. Amen? Them circumstances, those sickness and diseases, they're, yet, they, they're so gone, right? It's over at that point. But the problem is, we have to get this, this, this thing in our brain, in our thinking, straightened out. Let's look at this in, in Bartimaeus. and see, You can see he's changed your thinking here. In verse 47, it says, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they all tried to tell him to shut up, but he was persistent. You know, when you try to step out in faith and be a little bold for the things of God and say things like, God told me, or God showed me, or in the word of God it says, you know, all of Job's friends are going to come out and say, Oh, no, there they go again, right? Did God really say, don't get your hopes up now? And you'll have an opportunity to overcome. Don't worry. If you haven't had one yet, you'll have one. It's coming. Okay? You'll have opportunity. But here's the thing. Bartimaeus, he had nothing to lose at this point. He was like sold out for Jesus. He was listening to the voice of God. He was in the right place at the right time. And he'd prepared his heart to receive. You see, he was ready for his now faith is moment. Everybody needs a now faith is moment. I believe yours is today. Could you get me up a scripture up here for me? This is uh, Hebrews uh, 11 verse 1 in the Amplified. Awesome. You're doing a great job back there. I know I speak 100 miles an hour. Okay. It says now, because people don't know what faith is, right? So this is like the biblical definition of faith. All right? Faith is how we receive everything from the Lord. Faith is how you received Jesus in the first place. You believed in something, in someone that you couldn't see, right? So it's no different for healing. It's exactly the same mechanism. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hoped for being the proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact that is not revealed to the senses. Here's the thing I want you to understand about faith. It starts with hope. It starts with that that hope that Bartimaeus had when he heard that Jesus was in town and other people were being healed. That sparked a spark of hope on the inside of Bartimaeus. He says, oh, maybe there is a way out of blindness after all. Maybe my life could be different. Maybe I could be one of the ones that Jesus touches. That is hope, right? But this is what faith says. I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you to flip back to the beginning again. There we go. But this is the difference between faith and hope, okay? Hope will keep you in that place of expecting, well, you know, it's possible. All things are possible to those who believe, right? It's that confident expectation. But we need to move from a place of hope to a place of faith because faith is where we receive from God everything that grace has provided. Jesus has done everything, right? He's already done it all. He lives in your heart. The healer lives inside of you. But how we get that healing power from our spirit to our, to our flesh through our stinking thinking is this thing called faith. Faith is when we take that little seed of hope and it becomes evidence. You see, here's the thing. Faith has an attitude about it. What do I mean by that? In Matthew, it says the violent take it by force. The violent take it by force, right? In other words, I mean, there are so many examples of faith in the Bible, but faith says, you know what? Jesus paid for it. It's mine. I'm having it. 
I'm not going to be a beggar anymore. I'm not going to be a blind beggar anymore. I am so done with this. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired and living in poverty when I've got a book of promises and today's the day. I'm taking back the ground that the enemy has been stealing from me for too long. That's what faith does. Amen. And I'm not asking Jesus to come on down and do it because I've already got Jesus on the inside. I'm going to go back and I'm going to use the words that Jesus gave me. I'm, I'm taking it by force. I'm having it. Faith says, when, they lay, when Jesus lays hands on me, this is Bartimaeus, when Jesus lays hands on me, I'm receiving my healing. I'm receiving it. I'm taking back the land that the enemy has stolen from me. Amen. I'm not leaving here the same way I came in. That's the difference. We see, faith is not based on what we see with our natural senses. He says, faith perceiving as real that which we do not see with our, with our physical senses. Yeah. Faith doesn't care whether it sees it or not. Right. Faith is fact. It has action associated with it, right? That's why James says, faith without works is dead because when we really believe something, we are moved to action. Let's, let's carry on down with this scripture here with Bartimaeus. So Jesus, um, he, he stood still. He commanded him, to, Bartimaeus, be of good cheer, they said to him. Rise, he's calling you. And what did Bartimaeus do in verse 50? He says, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Don't you ever, don't you ever think it's a little bit odd that Jesus called Bartimaeus to come to him and he didn't go to Bartimaeus? The dude's blind. I mean, you know, was he just going to grope in the dark? You know? Jesus, wouldn't it have been easier for you just to walk over to him and meet him where he's at? Wouldn't that be more compassionate? Here's the thing. There's faith in the coming. When he, he knew when Bartimaeus really believed, because if he didn't believe it, he wouldn't have moved towards Jesus. He would have sat by the side of the road and stayed there. Amen. You see, there are a lot of people that say, oh, I'm believing Jesus. I'm just believing Jesus. I'm believing. Well, no, you're not really. You're just hoping and a wishing that somehow your life is going to become different. Yeah. Right? Amen. And there's no condemnation in that. That's where faith starts. Glory. Right? That starts with that possibility that spark that says, well, I'm hoping, I believe God can do it if he wants to. We were all there once, but we want to move, we want to be people of faith. We want to move into that place where we can receive. And in order for us to do that, we have to, we have to water that little seed of hope that says, well, I believe it's possible, right? And say, hang a second, I'm going to start revelating, I'm going to start meditating on, on the love of God. I'm going to start meditating on everything that's good. And then watch how that seed of hope starts germinating into a mountain-moving, devil-chasing, tongue-talking, right? Seed of faith, right? And it's nothing that you've done. It's recognizing everything that Jesus has done for us. Amen? And so this is what happens with Bartimaeus. It says he threw aside his garment and he rose and he came to Jesus. You know, when you study garments and cloaks and robes out in the scripture, they're very significant. This isn't just a casual thing. Remember, he's a beggar. This is probably the only item of clothing like, that's gonna, that he owns that's going to keep him warm, right? These are valuable. These, clo- these garments in those times were symbolic of identity, of, of, of position, of status. In fact, Jesus has such nice robes. They argued about him when, when he was crucified. They drew lots for his clothes. Okay? What he was doing was way more symbolic than we can realize. He was throwing away his beggar's clothes. He was saying, you know what? I'm not going to be a beggar anymore. I don't need this. 
Amen? I don't need this because I'm not blind Bartimaeus. I'm Bartimaeus, the healed of the Lord. Amen? Amen? And he had to change. He had to be ready to change his thinking and change his identity and start seeing himself as as a child of the king that could see. He had to see himself seeing before he saw himself see. Does that make sense? Sometimes, you know, we get stuck in our old patterns of thinking. We had a, a lady one time, and she was in a wheelchair, crippled up with arthritis. She was about 80 years old. She had been in that wheelchair for a long time, and she just received healing. It was powerful. She got up. She started running around the room, pushing her wheelchair, going crazy. The crowd was all super excited, okay? Then at the end of the service, her husband came in, and we pulled his little wheelchair along. He's like, come on, dear, and you get. Come on, back in your chair. We'll go home now. And she got in the chair. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? That doesn't belong to you anymore. You don't need it anymore. Oh, no, I paid a lot of money for this. I paid a lot of money for this chair. It's amazing what will keep people in their sickness. Amen. It really is. I had another person with hearing aids. They were, they were healed, didn't need the hearing aids. Oh, but they cost me $6,000. I'm not selling them on eBay. You don't need them, right? I mean, seriously, you don't want to keep them old beggar clothes hanging around or you'll have opportunity to return to it. Clear them out, Right? We need to change our thinking and change our ways on some of these things. Amen. So he came to Jesus. He threw aside his garment and he came to Jesus. Now, I can bet you it wasn't pretty. Watching a blind man groping along the streets in the dark till he got to Jesus, all he's got is his voice to listen to, okay? Sometimes when we were on a journey, especially for healing or it could be prosperity or whatever, it's a little bit rough when it gets going. It's a little bit rough to start with, Right? But, well, you know, it says by, in the scripture, I think it's Hebrews 6, verse 12. It says, yeah, Hebrews 6, verse 12. It says, by faith and patience, we inherit the promises. That doesn't necessarily mean it's all going to be easy from here on out just because we've made a decision, right? But here's the thing. We get to push through. And, you know, when you, you've heard Ashley talk about our testimony and stuff, a book full of testimonies you've got back there, okay? We had a test before we had a testimony, So if you're in the test, be encouraged. You have a testimony, and you will win if you don't quit. Just don't give up. Just don't quit, amen? Just don't quit. So he he went through, he found Jesus, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well, and immediately he received his sight. Here's the thing, Bartimaeus had a now faith is moment. Remember that scripture we just read, Hebrews 11 verse 1? It started out with, now faith is. It doesn't matter what translation you read that in. I've got it in the New King James here. It still says, now faith is. Here's the problem. When we've been dealing with a, a condition for a long time, whether that's you know, financial problems, whether that's health problems, relationship problems, whatever it is, whatever our deficit is, if you like, we can get to that place where we get a little bit stuck, where we stop actively pursuing the things of God. We like to think we are, right? Because every now and again, we might just throw up a quick prayer, right? But we're not really actively, you know, pursuing and and, and operating in and, and meditating on and building ourselves up in the things of God in order to deal. We're not seeing ourselves as, as conquering the giant, as coming across through, through the other side of the mountain, Right? We can get to be fat, lazy Christians. 
right? I've been a fat, lazy Christian plenty of times, all right? Come on now, I'm just being honest with you. I know because I've been one lots of times, okay? But here's the thing, regardless of how long we've been in a situation, like we said at the beginning, that has no bearing on the outcome. People in the, in the scriptures, and we've prayed for plenty of people just like this, have been, you know, maybe blind from birth. We, it, doesn't, it doesn't say how long Bartimaeus had been in that condition. We don't know how he got there. He could have been born blind. He could have been injury, whatever. That's irrelevant. You see, your past with Jesus is wiped clean, right? Your past with Jesus is completely wiped clean. It has no bearing on your faith today. You get to have a now faith is moment. Not next week, not next year, but now faith. Amen? What is going to happen? I want to challenge you, church. If you need healing, you're going to come up for prayer at the end. What is going to happen when we pray for you? Right? You're going to be healed. How do I know that? Because when we pray for you, the power of God, because life and death is in our words, is going to go into your body. It's going to meet with the faith of Jesus that's already on the inside of you. And God's super is going to meet the natural. Amen? That's what happens. Right? But here's what I need you to do. And that is to not get so obsessed with looking at the physical outcome. This is what people do. And this is how you've come into a place of disappointment uh, up till now, some of you, all right? Well, I remember the story of Jesus and the fig tree, right? He spoke to the fig tree. He cursed the fig tree because the fig tree was a fraud. It didn't have figs on it at a time when it should have done. It was a fake fig tree. And Jesus doesn't like fakes, right? The devil is a fake. He's a liar, amen, right? And so he cursed it. Now, when he spoke to that fig tree, you remember in the story, okay? When he spoke to that fig tree, what happened? Immediately what happened? Nothing, okay? Nothing happened immediately when he spoke to that fig tree. In fact, it was a period of about 24 hours when the disciples came back the same way the next day. They noticed the fig tree was dead. The fig tree had dried up from the roots where you couldn't see it working. You see, what we do is we, you know, we, might, we might throw a few words of faith out there. All right, you've told me I've got you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. I'm going to speak to the mountain. I'm going to, I'm going to command it to be thou removed. Be thou removed. Nope, still there. Well, it didn't work, did it? That's what we do, right? Pain's still there. Ache's still there. Obviously, it didn't work. And what we've done is we've, we've planted a seed of faith, and we've come along, and we've forgotten that we inherit the, the promises by faith and patience, Hebrews 6 verse 12, and we've gotten out our shovel of unbelief and we've started digging up the seed, digging up the seed. And then we wondered why it hasn't grown, right? Why it hasn't done anything? Because, you know, sometimes we get disappointed. What Jesus didn't do, he didn't curse the fig tree and then seeing that nothing had immediately changed things. Oh my goodness, am I really the son of God? Maybe this whole thing doesn't work. Maybe I'm a sham. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry God, you're going to have to find somebody else. You know, I think you've made a mistake. He, I mean, you know, this is what we would do, right? This is, this is what I would have done, okay? Oh, my goodness. Am I really, am I re- do I really have all of the power? Am I really who you've, you've led me to believe? Is this, is, this, is this gospel really true? Can I, I mean, we get shaken to the core of our faith sometimes if we get disappointed. But we've got to develop some spiritual muscle, right? Some spiritual muscle. How do we develop spiritual muscle? By using what we have. We have to exercise our faith, baby. Right? 
Everybody's been given the spirit of the, 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 enough faith on the inside of them to heal the sick or raise the dead or cast out any demon of hell. But sometimes the reason we're not seeing anything change in the natural is simply because we haven't been using what we have. We've got to use it. Use it or lose it. Right? Amen? And so, you know, when a, when a baby is born, a baby is born complete. When that baby comes out, we've got plenty of babies in the church, amen? When the, baby, when the baby comes out, the baby doesn't need to grow any more arms or legs or limbs. It's complete, isn't it? Your faith is complete. You do not have a faith problem. You need to just, you, we just need to use what we have. How do we grow a baby? Feed them. Feed them, right? We feed ourselves, we feed our faith baby the same way. We feed it spiritual food. Right? We're going, to, we're going to feed it the Word of God. We're going to get into agreement with the Word of God. We're going to speak the Word of God because life and death are in the power of the tongue. We're going to start to acknowledge every good thing that's going right in our life rather than the natural temptation that draws us to everything that's going wrong in our life. Amen? And we're going to see our faith become alive. We're going to pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Who has a prayer language in here? We're going to use it. That's what it's for. In Jude it says, you build up your faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. It's a benefit, benefit of praying in tongues. Amen? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna feed our faith baby that it might produce something. But we're certainly not going to pray when you come up for prayer and pray and get all disappointed if something doesn't look like it's changed in the instant because the chances are that word of God is going to action on the inside of you and sometimes it will start where you can't see it. I've seen many, many people. I've prayed for them. They've had conditions that you can't see. Then it's, you know, they, they've, they've had cancers and all kinds of things. Then they go to the doctors and get a scan. It's not there anymore. Right? I mean, countless times. You just can't convince me out of it now. It gets a bit ridiculous in the end. Amen? But, you know, we need to, come, we need to bring ourselves, like Bartimaeus was, bring ourselves into agreement with the Word of God and position ourselves in order to receive from Him. Amen? God has done everything. But all we're doing is coming to agreement with what he's already done. So here's a question. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive? Are you ready to have your now faith is moment? This is, I am not leaving this room the same way that I came into it. Amen. I'm not leaving the same. I, who's ready to take back some of the land that the enemy has stolen from you? Amen. Amen. Man, you should be mad. How many of you have had things going on in your life way too long? I'm talking months or years. Who's been dealing with them for years? Come on now. Are you ready for it to be done? Are you ready for it to be over? How ready are you? How ready are you? Are you, are you ready like Bartimaeus was ready? Amen. Are you ready to throw off your beggar garments ready and say, no, wait, now faith is. I'm not, li- I'm not having a tomorrow faith is moment. I'm having a now faith is moment. Amen? Something's going to happen on the inside of you regardless of whether you see it or not. Can you get in agreement with that? And then when you leave here, you're not going to leave the same. Amen? Because God has amazing things for you. So Father God, we thank you for what you're doing here today. I thank you, Lord, for preparing the hearts and minds of the people that have come. I thank you, Lord, that our hearts are like fertile ground, that we are sitting in the right place at the right time to receive everything that you already have done for us. And Lord, I thank you. We just, we just speak to, to hearts and minds, and we just can't, I just feel like there are some people that are dealing with some fear, some fear that has been 
been, been troubling you. Like, I don't know if I want to stretch out my hand and believe for that because I do not want to be disappointed again. But the Lord's saying, you know what? You can trust me. You can trust me. This is not going to be the same as it was before. Amen. I'm with you. Perfect love casts out fear. Take a chance on Jesus. Amen. Take a chance on Jesus. Dare to believe just one more time because I tell you, something is different about your heart right now. I thank you, Lord, that you have good things for us. That you, it's your will, Lord, that we receive healing in our bodies. That you are not holding back on us. Thank you, Lord. We stand with, with arms wide open. Jesus, we want to receive everything that you have for us. We do not want to stay in the same place at the side of the road just begging. But Lord, we are coming, we are stepping, we are coming forth with boldness to take what you have provided for us. We believe it and we receive it. And we say, devil, you are under our feet. You are under our feet. You will steal from us no longer. I hear the Lord say, I'm, I'm restoring the years, the years that the locusts have eaten away. I'm restoring the years that the locusts have eaten away. I'm, I'm just hearing the Lord say, there are people that are dealing with some relationship issues. But he's saying, look, let me be your husband. Let me be your husband. Amen. Let me show you how this works. Just, just walk with me. Just trust me. Just get into my love and feel my love, my presence inside of you. And I will show you. I will bring resolution in your relationships. We speak breakthrough. We speak restoration. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be ministers of reconciliation. That you have called us to be ministers of reconciliation, to walk in peace and love with our brothers and sisters. I thank you, Lord. I feel like that there are some people that have been dealing with maybe unforgiveness in their heart. Somebody's been really wounded you and really hurt you, but the Lord's like, you know what? You don't want to carry that. You don't want to carry that. And Sometimes emotional pain is, is, is way more damaging than even physical pain. But the Lord's like, I'm bigger than that too. This isn't just about physical healing. This is emotional healing for you too. Amen. Let the Holy, just let your guard down and let the Holy Spirit come in and comfort you. Just let go of that, um, of that hurt, of that pain. You can, you can wrap it up and give it to Jesus. He's big enough to carry it. Amen. So, Lord, we believe and we receive. We thank you, Lord, for every good and perfect gift that comes from you. And we receive it right now in the name of Jesus.